Hi, we're the ladies of LifeSite, and we're so glad you're here. We're ladies simply navigating the challenges and triumphs of this modern culture as moms, wives, sisters, and daughters. Join us each week as we discuss the raw questions and situations that we face every day from our unique perspectives. So grab your cup of coffee, tea, or beverage of choice, and let's dive into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Rebecca. Hi, I'm Maddie. All right, welcome back to this week's episode of Ladies of LifeSite. I am Rebecca, and I've got Maddie here with me today for a super special episode. Maddie and I actually have our moms on this episode. So welcome to my mom, Laura, and Maddie's mom, Catherine. We're so excited that you guys are here with us today. We are going to be covering the topic of homeschooling. This is something that we saw from our survey, and we've just heard rumblings kind of around in different moms groups that we're in and in various places that people have questions about how to get started, what's the best curriculum, what's HSLDA, different questions that I think people that are involved in homeschooling kind of forget that people have when they first start. As a homeschool graduate myself and my mom having homeschooled all three of us kids in my family, K through 12, and then I know Maddie was homeschooled for a couple of years and she has a brother and sister that were homeschooled K through 12. So we figured that pulling these two veteran homeschool moms into this episode would be the perfect way to provide some answers and chit chat about homeschooling from both the perspective of a, of a homeschool mom as well as a homeschool kid and, and those types of things. So we have a bunch of great questions from our staff, so we'll just dive right in. I'm going to start with you, Mom, and ask kind of what made you start homeschooling? I am actually an elementary ed major, and I, I taught in a Christian school classroom for four years, and then I quit to start having our family. I had every intention of putting my kids in the Christian school that I taught in. And then by the time my son, my oldest son was four, he was pretty much reading whatever he wanted to read. Definitely by the time he was in kindergarten, he was reading the Chronicles of Narnia, so chapter books. And I realized if I put this child into a kindergarten classroom, it will not go well for anyone because he will be bored. So I decided to homeschool. Like I said, I I just had every intention of just doing it for a couple of years. You know, precocious children usually even out with everybody else by the time they're in fifth grade. So I'm like, okay, well, by the time fifth grade comes around, I'll put him in school. But then the other two came up and they were also rather precocious and early readers and, and frankly, by the time we got into third grade, that's when all the really fun subjects start. You're done with all the reading. You're done with all the basic stuff. You can really start doing some history and science. And so I thought, why would I want to give them up when they're just getting fun? <laughs> so, so we just kept homeschooling and we just took it year by year and wound up going all the way through high school. Catherine, can you share what made you start homeschooling and and what helped you start that decision? Well, I had my husband and I had originally decided we lived in a little small farming town and our church had a Catholic school. So we thought, well, we'll just put them in the Catholic school. And it worked out for the first few years with Madeline. And then she had a a brother. She has two brothers, but her is Madeline. 
Andrew, Elizabeth, and John. So that's the order they came in. And we started Andrew in kindergarten and he didn't do as well as Madeline in kindergarten. He, we, like I said, we were in a small farm town. My husband grew up on a farm. Andrew loved to be outside. That was what Andrew loved doing. School didn't really work out for him. He was great. Don't get me wrong. He did fine in kindergarten. He followed the rules, but I could tell he was just a boy that wanted to be outside. Fast forward a year or two later, they did a big teacher shift at the Catholic school. We got a new pastor. Madeline was going into a grade with a teacher who's let's say, idea in a classroom I didn't exactly agree with. So I thought, you know, I'd had a very dear friend who homeschooled her kids. She was a Christian. We are Catholics, of course, but, and she had a co-op. She had a bunch. It was, we had, despite being in a small town, the area around us had a really strong Christian homeschooling community. So I kind of talked to her. She, you know, she only had one child, but she really had been homeschooling. The child, I think at that point was 15 and she'd been homeschooling since she, her daughter had never gone to school. But she put me in contact with another Catholic mom who had at the time, I believe seven children and had homeschooled her children the entire time. And that was a huge resource for me. She was actually the one who put me over the edge as far as, you know, I can do this because I was not in education. I I have a master's degree, but it was not in education. And I thought, well, I don't want to do my children a disservice. You know, schools are set up for a reason. But the more I investigated, the more I realized not anymore. Schools tend to want to indoctrinate, not educate. And so once I really started to study and learn and not just assume schools, even Catholic schools were going to do what was in the best interests of my children, I realized I'm, my husband and I are the ones who have the best interests of our children at heart more than anyone else. And we are going to make this work. And so that's kind of how we got started. So you just talked about starting school and what, what did that look like? What advice might you have for families who want to homeschool, but have not even a clue how to get started? I know Catherine, you just kind of touched a little bit about how you got involved, um, and it kind of touches on the community aspect that Ladies of LifeSite has been diving into the last couple of weeks on our previous episodes. Can you speak a little bit more to that and maybe give some specific advice in terms of somebody that's just completely clueless? How do I start? What to do? What are first steps? Nowadays, it's definitely much easier than when your mom and I began. There are so many more groups out there that are willing to groups, women, co-ops. We even had a charter school in our area. There are now, I think, three that are good resources. If you really are, are afraid to start on your own, you just think you can't do it. First of all, I will tell you, you can do it. Anyone can do it. They're your children. You love them more than anyone in this world and you can do it. Um, so whether you can find that community or not, begin. Once you begin, you'll be surprised the doors that God will open for you. But even at our church, we have several homeschooling families and they all kind of meet and connect. And while there's nothing official, they, they set up classes, you know, Hey, you're good at this. Can, can my kids come over? Even our son over the summer taught some painting classes for the younger kids. The, the resources are there. You just need to start looking and asking questions and, and there's never a bad question and no one is ever upset by you asking, you know, if you ask a mom, Hey, do you homeschool? And they say, no, they're not going to get upset with you because they don't. So it's, you know, just take the first step, trust in yourself and, and know that you can do this. And there are people out there who are willing to help. 
And don't worry about your curriculum. Don't worry about any of that because that all sort of falls into place the more you do it. I just really do echo what Catherine just said. Community is absolutely the best resource because those people are in the thick of it right that moment and they can provide encouragement. They know exactly what you're going through. Through most of my kids' elementary years, we did belong to a co-op and we gathered once a week and did a, a curriculum. It was, it's called Konos. I don't even know if it's still in existence, but it was a unit-based curriculum. So you did all of your literature and stuff like that based on certain things. We did a Renaissance unit that had, so you, you know, you had your science, your math, your literature, you had everything. And it was all about the Renaissance era. And we ended it with a Renaissance meal in our home, eating out of bread trenchers. And we all dressed up in Renaissance costumes. And it was just a lot of fun for the kids, but I think that they learned a lot. And getting together with that, you know, with other families is, is just really, really important for your kids too, so that they know they're not the only ones in the whole world homeschooling. I think that's important. I actually have distinct memories of that Renaissance and I was, I'm the youngest, so it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of fun to look back on that. So we'll move into maybe what was the biggest benefit of homeschooling for your family? We'll start with you, mom. The ability to choose our own way. Since I did have precocious children, I don't know, you might even say they were gifted. That all comes from my husband, not me. My kids didn't have to sit through lessons about concepts they'd already mastered. You know, in a public school, you kind of, you you do teach to not the lowest common denominator, but you do teach to the median. You don't teach the, to the gifted and you don't teach to the ones that are slower to grasp concepts. You teach to the median. Well, my kids weren't median. They didn't need to sit through lessons that they didn't, that they'd already mastered. So we could focus on subjects that mattered to them. Just one example is that my youngest son, who is the middle child, built a gaming computer from components and wrote a paper on the hows and whys of his choices and methods. And he learned, I gave him a half credit in high school for computer science. And there aren't very many sophomores or, you know, in public school that can do that, that have the freedom to do that and actually earn school credit for that. He did all the research. He wrote the paper. He did all of the stuff and wound up with a gaming computer that he really liked. So on the flip side of that, what maybe was your biggest challenge? Don't say me because I was perfect. <laughs> you were perfect. <laughs> Homeschooling is exhausting. It's It takes time and energy and you truly do have to give up on many of the things that you want for you to do in order to make homeschooling work. The interpersonal friction between the kids is exhausting. Maybe it's just my kids, but they didn't always get along. <laughs> Frankly, God never said making disciples was going to be easy. And so it's just so worth it in the end. But 18, you know, 18 years, which is how long I homeschooled, 18 years is a long haul to do something and you don't really know if you're going to be successful until you're done. And that's, that's hard. <laughs> it's hard to wait that long for a reward, but the reward is there. 
And I will say with you, you actually have two of your three children homeschooling their children, which passing that legacy along is kind of cool. It is. It is. Catherine, do you, what was your like biggest benefit that you see? Obviously you said that you had your son taught painting classes, which that's kind of cool to be able to pass that along. But I'm sure there were other benefits that you saw along the years. Can you share some? So the biggest benefit for us was for uh, all of us actually as a family was the time that we got to spend together. As your mom said, did the kids always get along every day? Ha ha. No, it was somebody else's battle to somebody else that day. I could never, uh, I was happy to get two getting along right most of the time, but it's a time that we treasure. We look back now, we have memories of what the, t- the time that we all got to spend together. One of the other things I really enjoyed was watching the discovery in the kids. When they pick a topic they really like and they start to unpack it and discover what it is. You know, just even when they're so young and they learn to read and you're like, oh, they, they figured out how to put those letters together. It's a it's a joy as a parent to, you know, you're, you're always excited for them when they're babies and they learn to crawl and they learn to walk. And then we send them off to school and we miss all those other discoveries that come. They learn to read. They learn two plus two equals four. When you're eating the pizza at dinner, those are fractions. You know, those are things that when we send them off, we don't have any part in. And then it's also to watch siblings interact as far as the kids, I think, became more compassionate with one another. Sometimes if a subject was hard for one of their siblings, they jumped right in to help out if it was a good day and they were not upset with each other. Um, but, you know, they would put aside even sometimes their anger. And so that was for us, it was a big benefit. It just, I think, made us much closer as a family and it enabled the skills of some to help were the weaknesses of the others. You know, even they're only, they're a couple, each of them is like a few years apart. So clearly we did have the, the differences. So they couldn't always help each other, but it was just, it was we like our little community within our community. And I think that was for us a big benefit. Yeah. And I actually want to kind of jump in there and, and echo that same thing. Cause I know that even activist mommy, Elizabeth Johnson, who came on, she said, yeah, I knew I wanted to homeschool my kids because I didn't want to send them away. I wanted to spend all that time with them. And at the, at the time I thought, well, that's kind of a weird reason to homeschool your kids. But when I thought about it a little bit more, I realized, you know, that time that we all got to spend together was so precious. I look at my siblings and I, and we're just super close. Like there's, we just have a really unique and fun relationship that I don't get to see with a lot of my friends and their siblings and the way they interact. And I, I think that that's a, an undersold benefit of homeschooling is the relationship that you build with your family and the fact that your family, our family is our first community. Our bigger community is really important, but you know, the Catholic church teaches that the family is the domestic church and Christian, I mean, you know, most people can see that, can see that the family as a unit is really super important and building those relationships up you get to do that in a unique way versus when you send your kids off to school, they get a, fr- a buddy in their grade and then they come home and they're picking on the little brother or no, you know, let's, let's pray, play a prank on so-and-so, or, you know, you bring your best friend on vacation instead of hanging out with your, you know, three younger siblings or older siblings or whoever it may be. And, you know, I just see that that's kind of part of the family that can, family dynamic that gets built when you send your kids to school. And it's not always, but I think that homeschooling helps to put more of a focus on let's build our community as a as a family first and build out from there so I I do I do kind of want to just emphasize that point and one thing that I do also want to like encourage all of the moms out there my mom said it Laura said your mom Rebecca Laura said it 
just get started. Don't be scared. Just try it. Like you're not going to screw your kids up that badly. If you go and look at the curriculum that's in these public schools, that is messing your kids up. That is destroying your children. One really terrible lesson that these teachers are teaching in some states, that can destroy your child for the rest of their life. One day, one hour even. If that if that's what you're up against, there is literally nothing to lose. Just just try it. Jump in. God will give you the grace that you need. You'll find that community. It's it's just, it's not as hard as you think it is. Some of these books that you can buy, they've got teacher's manuals that are just, I mean, you could follow them to a T. And if that's all you did, you're, you're still in a great place. And it's really not difficult. They've got online classes. Like, you, you can do it. I, I guess from this episode, the biggest thing I want everybody to take away is homeschooling is not this scary, terrifying thing. Your kids don't turn out as these scary, antisocial, like, weirdo Frankenstein people. That's not what happens. We become functioning members of society. And it's, it's just, it's not as ominous as, as one might think. And I know I'm totally going sidetracking from our question, but I do think that that's something that's, that's really super important. And I know that that's a big reason, you know, a a big concern of some people. It's that's stopping them. They're just scared. I want to jump in there to what Maddie just said. As someone who has an education major, and I majored in elementary education. This is my this was my profession that I think that it was it was a drawback for me to actually have an education major because I I tried so hard to do school at home instead of homeschool. And parents that don't have that education background actually have fewer things holding them back from truly teaching their children you know in a way that their kids are going to like the and that is actually teaching to the child's bent to the child's character and traits instead of being you know locked in this education mindset that i had and it took me far too many years to get away from that and that you know that's one of my biggest regrets is that i stuck with it far too long so Parents are teachers. You taught your kid to go to the bathroom in a potty. You taught your kid to eat with a fork and a, and a spoon. You know, you are teachers. So you're just expanding that. You're just continuing. And even if you're jumping in in high school, you can still do this. There are enough resources on the internet and everywhere else that you can teach your child anything. And one of the benefits is that you can learn right along with them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an amazing journey. And I just want to reiterate what Maddie said, just jump in, just do it. Because I think you would find like I did, I don't want to stop. I didn't want to stop. Once I started, I didn't want to stop. So, yeah. And I'll just say to you that I think Catherine touched on it when she was talking about community, that the homeschool community, while we're a passionate bunch, because we believe that homeschooling is really fun and awesome, and I think that it's probably the best the best form of education that you can provide your child, it is easy to talk to a homeschool parent and ask questions because they're always going to be willing to help. So that's my, my biggest encouragement is that you might have to put up with a few passionate rants or monologues or, um, excited. Yeah, I am so excited that you're going to 
think about homeschooling, but we'll, we'll always answer questions. And that's kind of the whole point of this episode. And, and I will touch on, we do have another episode that we're going to line up specifically speaking to how to homeschool and work at the same time, because that's actually something that I'm navigating as I start preschool with my four-year-old while working full-time here at LifeSite. So we will be touching on that. And I just want to want to bring that encouragement and say, that's not, that's not going to be left to the side because I know my mom didn't work. I don't believe Catherine did either. So some of the tips and things that'll be talked about today are very good and practical. And then if you are a working mom or a working dad, you might be thinking in the back of your mind, well, how does that work with, with working? And I think we're going to address that while also pulling in some of the great great things that Catherine and my mom have to say today. So I do want to jump in because I know your mom touched on something about, you know, sticking too much to kind of replicating school at home. And I know that's something my mom and I have been talking a lot about because she's been working with a lot of moms at her church who are just getting started. Some of whom have, you know, really big families, five, six kids. Um, and it's something that, that I think is really important. I'm going to let my mom speak up to it because she does a much better job than I do. But I think, I think your mom touched on something really important. Yes, Laura, when you when you talked about how it might have been to your detriment to have had that educational background, I did substitute teach in schools before my kids were born. And so I, fortunately, that was about as deep as it got in education. And that was many moons ago. But I, one of the things I tell these moms when they ask me, because a lot of them, they say, well, I've read all this stuff. And they say, you know, keep the schedule and do this every day and this every day. And, the, and it seems like it's really strict. And I said, you know, one of the beauties of homeschooling is every child is different and every parent is different. In the school system, as your mom touched on, they have to do certain things. They teach to the middle, right? And it, most kids don't fall in the middle. I don't know why they, they well, they do because it's called the middle. But I think one thing for the moms to remember is you don't have to keep a very strict schedule. You don't have to panic if you don't get a lesson done that day. Or what you come to discover as you're homeschooling is like some kids are better in some subjects. Some of your kids are going to be better in other subjects. It's, it's something that you will, as you go along, you all kind of grow together. Like your mom touched on, you know, you, you get, we get to learn things also that kids aren't the only ones learning. So don't be intimidated by, you know, you've got to start at eight and you have to be done by this time. And you have to spend this much time on one lesson, this much time on another, this much time on another. It's you really, the beauty of the homeschooling is the freedom that comes of knowing your child and knowing what their strengths are. Like your mom said, your brother got a great new computer out of it, which was a bonus to the lesson. And that's, that's what homeschooling is about. My whole point of the homeschool is I wanted my children to be critical thinkers. The schools were teaching them how to memorize and regurgitate, not how to think. Life is about situations where we need to think our way out of them sometimes. What's the best solution? What's the best path? And memorizing facts does, I, I have a master's degree in history. I know what memorizing facts means, but it doesn't help me get out of a situation where my brain has to step in and think critically for me. And so that's the beauty of the homeschool. You've get to figure out where your kids' strengths and weaknesses lie. And if not all your kids are strong in science, maybe they're strong in literature maybe they're maybe they're not strong in anything and school is just not for them and you do the best you can to get them by right you know maybe they are strong in certain things i had a son he said mom how many more times in the math lessons how many more times do i have to prove that i know this lesson I thought, okay you know what fine let's move on to the next one that's just the beauty and the freedoms that come with 
you're homeschooling. This is, you're not replicating, as your mom said, what the public schools or the private schools do there. They have to do that for a group of children. You have your children and you know what they need. And, and I want to jump in, Reba. I actually want to turn this conversation just a little bit. I know our moms have a ton of really great knowledge, but I want to just, you know, start to talk about our experiences because one of the things my mom just touched on is something that I really valued in being homeschooled. I learned to love learning. So when I went to college, we like, it was a classical education and all of these wonderful things, but there were some classes where it was just memorize these things and go. And I didn't feel like I could delve into or explore the subject as much as I wanted to. And that's what I got to do with homeschooling. I got to love it so much that I didn't want to just memorize something for a test. I wanted to actually understand it. And I think that that that's what comes from starting to kind of break free from that school at home mindset. That and the whole idea of structure, you know, as we got older, even when we were younger, my mom just let us, you know, here, you got to get these things done in a certain order and you get them done by a certain time and that's fine. You know, one of my siblings did all of their science on one day, all of their math on one day, all of their history on one day. You know what? That worked for them. And for me, it taught me how to organize myself so that by the time I did go to college, I... It was a breeze. Like, I didn't struggle at all in college. Some of my friends in our freshman year, they had these, like, remediation classes and how to take notes, how to organize, how to time management. And and that was something that I'd mastered, you know, when you're much, much younger because homeschooling taught us that versus make sure you bring your homework in. Here's your folder. You know, mom and dad will make sure it's in your in your little binder and, and we're all set. Like, it's all perfect. Somebody else takes care of it for you. So, I mean, I just want to... And add to those two things as like part of my experience and part of the things that I really loved. And Reba, I know you probably have a lot to add to that. So I'll just, I'll turn it over to you because I could keep going for probably hours. I actually, when you were saying that, was thinking back to exactly how it was by like sophomore, junior year, definitely junior and, and senior year, but probably sophomore year too was the year that my mom was just kind of like, well, what, what, what do you want to learn? So I actually mapped out my curriculum. Like I picked my curriculum. I picked the classes that I wanted to do. I researched like which curriculum I wanted to take those classes from. My mom's not a huge fan of like, she just didn't enjoy teaching world history. But by the time I was in high school, I was like, I'm kind of interested in world history. And so we did, I did a whole, like a whole year on world history and just different things like that. And so I mapped out exactly, I, I did my curriculum. Like I did it all, mapped out my lesson plans, sub, what? subject to my approval. Yes, of subject to, <laughs> yes, of course. Mom had to sign off on it. But then like I did all the lessons and then she, she graded everything. So I, I still look back on that and I, it was kind of like a pre-taste of what, what's to come with homeschooling my own children. And I, it's just, it was really cool. I will speak to echoing uh, Maddie in, in going to college, there was little to no struggles because of the lessons that, that I learned at a younger age. In addition to that, I also knew at what time to take classes so that I wasn't, you know, if I, if I'm not good at learning in the afternoon or consuming content in the afternoon. I didn't take afternoon classes, you know, to, at, as much as I could avoid it, at least in college. So there were things like that that were just really practical. And I've carried into like my work life as well, knowing when I'm the most productive 
because my mom did allow us to kind of do our do our school when we wanted, when we felt best and when we learned best. So I I also look back on, I'm pretty sure, do you remember what year? It was like seventh grade year. I was playing basketball and I finished my entire seventh grade year like before basketball season started. So between like August, middle of August to maybe it was like October. It was a little bit into basketball season, but I really didn't want to be encumbered by the act of doing schooling every day. And so I just finished my entire entire school year <laughs> early so that I could play basketball and go to basketball practice and do whatever I wanted with my friends and coordinated with a few of them to finish early too. And they saw, they saw that that's what I did. Then we all finished early that year mm-hmm. and then went and played basketball and did fun things and went on field trips. And I don't know, we did so much that year. So I find it humorous to kind of think about, but I want to touch on, there's this really cool graphic that we've found that we've, that we've looked at and done a bunch of research on speaking to structure and really going back to that whole notion of homeschooling isn't doing school at home. It's, you know, educating your children and, in, in what they need to learn. And I'll have, you can touch on this mom, but there's like a, and I'll share this. I'll put this in the description too. So you don't have to like take notes on what she's about to say, but it's really fascinating. Just the fact that homeschooling doesn't take as long as a school day, because in a school, they've got 20 plus kids. They have to take scheduled bathroom breaks. Do you know how long it takes to get 20 kids to go to the bathroom? A long time. And getting drinks of water and going to lunch and just even lining up takes a long time and you don't have that. So you can get the same amount of work done in far, far less time. Preschool takes 15 to 30 minutes a day. Not very much. You know, by the time they're in fourth and fifth grade, you might be in school for two and a half or three hours doing the, you know, doing the same amount of work. You're not doing less work. But you're getting it done more quickly because you don't have all of that waiting for Johnny to stop fidgeting before the mom can go out for the lesson. You don't, you don't have all of those interruptions. When our kids were in ninth grade, we gave them the option to go to public school. In our public school, they did not accept any homeschool credits. So if you tried to go to public school in 12th grade, you would start in ninth grade. You would start back as a freshman. That's just the way it was. So we said, okay, if you want to go to public school, now's your only chance. And all three of them chose to stay home. And my oldest said, why would I go spend seven hours a day in school when I can get my work done in three? And that's just, I mean, that's just the truth of it. It just doesn't take as long. A really great question that Claire actually asked was kind of hindsight's 2020, of course. So what are some things that you wish you did What are some things that you wish you didn't do? Basically share pros and cons of of the experiences that you had. Catherine, do you want to start? Probably my biggest regret is that I didn't do it sooner before any of my kids started school. I believe Madeline, her last year at school was third grade because mostly it was just the self-doubt. I just didn't know. And, And the other issue that comes up with regret, as far as regrets are concerned, is you listen to everyone around you. 
and they, you know, I had even family members like, what, you're taking them out of school? You don't, you can't school your children. That's just wrong. And I thought, oh, okay. So I believe them. And I listened to people for several years. That's my biggest regret is that I did not do it sooner. I have no regrets with what we learned or how we learned. Maybe looking back, if you asked my kids, there'd be some things where like, I wish I'd learned that better. I wish I'd have known how to do that differently. But as it stands right now, all four of them are college graduates. One of them has a master's degree. The other two of them are currently working on their master's degree. So if there's any regrets from them, it didn't hold them back. And I don't recognize them. And maybe ignorance in this case is uh, blissful for us. I'm not really sure, but that might be a good question for them. I personally have no, the only regret, like I said, was not starting sooner and, and doubting myself and letting people around me doubt me as well. You have to remember this was 20 some odd years ago and homeschooling was really, really foreign, even in the state of California, where believe it or not, the laws are, I'm not sure now, but at the time were really, really um, helpful to homeschooling students, probably because they just didn't have the money to educate them even back then. But it, it would have been really simple. I just, I let my own self-doubt and the people who thought education could only be done in a institutional setting get into my own head and that's probably my regret and I would chime in just I, I don't want to miss this question with your mom but just building on what my mom said you know when I was younger I was the one who wanted to go back to school because I thought school was so cool I was this straight-a student who loved to set my backpack in the morning get my clothes out like I loved school okay I was just one of those kids who was a teacher's pet that was just my thing. And so for the, for the, you know, once we started homeschooling when I was younger, it was great. But, you know, high school and things like that, I thought, I really want to go back to school. I want to do these things. So I have like a weird mix up of having gone to private school, public school, and having been homeschooled. And as soon as I got to college, I'm going to tear up here, but I called my mom and I said, I was so wrong. I'm sorry I gave you such a hard time. I'm sorry that I doubted you. I'm sorry I made it difficult for you sometimes, you know, to homeschool, uh, to me. Because I was the one who would say, Mom, come on, I want to go back to school. I want to blah, blah, blah. But as soon as it was done, and as soon as I saw other kids who had gone to different forms of school, I realized what a gift it was that my mom had given me. And how tough it had been for her. And how tough we had sometimes made it for her. So I just want to kind of echo that idea of, even if other people are doubting you, even if your kids are dragging their feet or saying, Hey, I, I'm not sure I want to do this. I want to go back to school. I love, you know, whatever it may be, right? It's, if your kid, my little one wants, would love to eat cookies all day long and fruit snacks, but I can't, I can't let him do that, right? And I think that that's something to keep in mind that you are mom or dad or whoever, you know, your parent, this is a gift you're going to give your kids and it's not always going to be easy, but it is so, so valuable. You'll screw up sometimes and you'll make dumb mistakes, but in the end, when you look back on it, it's like your mom said, Reba, you might not know until all 18 years are done how beautiful this has been, but it will be so, so worth it. So I, I, I just want to emphasize and echo what my mom said, but I mean, I do definitely want to hear some of the regrets and things or, you know, things maybe your mom looks back and says, hey, I would have, I would have done these differently because I know that. Hindsight is twenty twenty, right? My toughest student of my children was my oldest. He is much, much smarter than me. And uh, especially when he, we got into the teen years, we butted heads a lot. And he, he has the gift of the golden tongue. And there were many, many days that he had me thinking that I was wrong. And even he, when he got into, out into the real world, 
and he was he worked for a, a time as a general manager of a Papa John's. And he came to me at that point and said, Mom, thank you for homeschooling me. These kids don't know anything. They don't know how to make change. They don't know. They, they just don't can't even logically think through a problem and resolve it. And so all, all three of my kids have, in their adult years, thanked me for homeschooling them. And so it's just, it's just a really good thing. It is a good thing. And it's a really biblical thing um, to do. God tells us to, to teach our children diligently. And sometimes that may mean that you do have to delegate to someone else. But you are, even if you delegate, you are still responsible because God gave those kids to you. That's not the question. The question is regrets. <laughs> I already touched on my biggest regret was doing school at home for far too long. I didn't, I didn't listen to my kids early enough. I, I finally got with the program by the time they were in late elementary and in uh, junior high. By the time my son was in junior high, he, he wound up majoring in American history. But he came to me and he said, Mom, I don't like this history curriculum. I don't like it. And so I said, okay, well, pick one, pick one that you do like. And, and he did. I regret taking that long to trust my kids to know what they wanted to do and how they wanted to do it and what they liked and what they didn't like. What I wish I had done more, what done differently also is I, to just echo what Catherine said, I think this must be a common homeschool mom complaint. I wish I had had more confidence, even as an elementary ed major. I did not have confidence that I knew how to homeschool. I didn't necessarily listen to public school advice, but I listened to homeschool, quote unquote, experts. And they're in a different place than you are. They have different children than you do. And so you can't even listen to the homeschool experts I mean, you listen to them, but you don't take their word as gospel because they don't know your kids the way you know your kids. You know, I wish I hadn't fretted so much about, am I doing the right thing? Oh my gosh, I'm, you know, I'm kind of a perfectionist. And a lot of my fretting came out to my children as anger. And I, I regret that. I wish I had had been gentler on them and on myself. I think we could probably go on for a really long time, but we're probably nearing the end of our um, episode. But I do, I did have this request from Claire specifically. She had a question for both moms saying, tell us something that your daughter, so Maddie and myself, did as a child or teenager that you find hard to believe even to this day. So Catherine, do you want to share share about Maddie and what, maybe something that she did when she was younger? All of it. I was just perfect. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hard to believe that she did to this day. I might need a minute. Maybe we could go to your mom and come back. <laughs> Well, it's not exactly a story or anything, but because my, you know, all three, I have said over and over, all three of my kids were really smart, but for whatever reason, true or not, my daughter, Rebecca, had the idea that her brothers were so much smarter than she was. And I think that that kind of taught her to be tenacious. And I think that that has served her well in life. And I'm really proud of her for her tenacity. They would poo-poo her ideas. They would poo-poo whatever she argument she had to whatever topic. And she learned to do her research and be strong in her conviction that she had good thoughts too. 
And they learned over the years to respect that. And I think, especially over the last, I don't know, few years, they're, they're in their 30s now, especially over the last 10 years, they have really learned to respect Rebecca more than they ever did growing up. And I'm, and I'm just proud of her for that, that she stuck to her guns. She, there was a, time, a period of time when she was very interested in American Sign Language. And her oldest brother in particular just m- made fun of her for it. But she didn't let that stop her interest. And I'm really proud of her for that. And I have a funny story to tell, <laughs> the Barbie story. Oh, gosh. When, when Rebecca was about uh, seven or eight years old, she was playing in her room. And I poked my head in and I said, what are you doing, Rebecca? And she said, Noah, who's the oldest, she said, Noah's playing Barbies with me. And there were some G.I. Joe, the 12-inch G.I. Joes sitting around. And, and I was like, Noah's down on the couch reading. I didn't tell her that, but I'm like, oh, okay, Noah's playing Barbies with you. Well, it turned out that he had told her, well, G.I. Joe has to go off to war now. And so he went downstairs and started reading and she, for the next hour she thought he was still playing with her even though he was downstairs reading a book <laughs> and i thought this was the truth until my mom was sharing this story at some gathering or event and i was like 16 17 years old so for all those years i thought my brother my big brother was the best big brother in the entire world that he would play barbies with me and turns out that he was just really clever and very smart to help his younger sister think that he would play Barbies with me and he was off reading. So I, I admire who he, who he is and the fact that he came up with that clever way of getting out of it. But it crushed me at like 16. I was like, my brother is not the big brother that I thought he was. So careful what stories you tell when your kids are older because it might crush their spirits. It's fine. No, I'm just kidding. Catherine did <laughs> Did you think of anything about Maddie? Life is always interesting and you try to remember things that the right thing. So I have a small, a very small one. We had gotten the kids a go-kart for Christmas. I told you we lived out in the country and so we had lots of space and the kids loved to be outside. Neighbors had animals on the farm and things like that. So they, they love to spend time outside. So we'd gotten them a go-kart. My husband growing up on a farm, you know, they start driving at like 12. So they were younger. I forget exactly how old they were. And they took, we'd had it for a couple months and they just, one afternoon, as your mom said, homeschooling doesn't take very many hours. So your kids have to fill a lot of hours on their own which is great, but they took it out. And well, we lived in an almond orchard. We had some almonds. They were maybe the trees were maybe two or three years old at this point. And they were out and you could hear the go-kart, you know, because the windows are open and they're out having a good time. And then all of a sudden I just don't hear anything anymore. And it's very quiet outside. It's quiet inside. I thought, well, quiet's never a good thing with four children out in the country. So I go outside and I'm thinking, what happened? And in comes Andrew it's no problem, Mom. We've got it all taken care of. And Andrew is Madeline's younger brother by just a few years. And I said, what do you have all taken care of, Andrew? Because nothing. Everything's fine. You can go back in the house now. And I thought, Andrew? And here's Madeline. She's over in the corner. She's very much her father's daughter. They can't play poker. It's on their face, everything. And she's over in the garage, and she's in tears. And she's just... And Andrew's kind of standing in front of her. It's okay, Mom. You can go back in the house now. And I'm thinking... Okay, Andrew, I'm not going back in the house now. Malin, what happened? And Andrew, it was the cutest thing because Andrew is going to try to tell me, Mom, it was just a mistake. It was an accident. There's no problem. Everything's okay. Well, they had crashed the go-kart into one of the trees in the orchard. And the trees are only a couple years old, so 
you know, this is your income. Trees are your income. Not that it's a big deal. It's one tree. But at the same time thinking, oh no, your dad is not going to be happy with you people. And poor Madeline just couldn't get over. Like she just wanted to come straight in and tell me. And her brother is out there convincing her. We don't have to tell mom. We got this taken care of. We can fix the tree. We can fix the go-kart. She'll never know. Um, And it was very much indicative of the oldest child, Madeline. And like she said, the teacher's pet always do the right thing. And her brother, who, you know, the Italian in my, my husband is Italian and the Italian in them where sometimes signals are just suggestions. Traffic signals are just suggestions. So this was her brother trying to, you know, hey, if we just fix everything, there's no problem. So it was, it was, like I said, it was very indicative of the child and the adult that Madeline was. She's firstborn, very responsible. And you just come straight up, mom. And, but her brother was going to look out for her. So <laughs> ultimately, and let's be very clear, I crashed like the middle of the go part. <laughs> to this day, I don't know what I was doing. I and mean, my mother thought we could fix it all. No problem. Don't tell mom. It's okay. So, you know, just one of those things. It sounds like something that could absolutely happen in my family. We often, I'm sure um, Maddie shared with you, Catherine, but uh, we often joke that Madeline and I are like clones because our personality, like our thoughts will often type the same thing at the same time and send the message or, or just different things like that. So even though I'm the youngest, I am the oldest girl. So I think that the birth order psychology, if you... If you ascribe to any of that, it plays a role in that. But that sounds like exactly something Noah or Josiah would have done <laughs> to, to try and convince me uh, not to not to go in and tattle or or anything, or even tell on myself. So I love I love the the story. That's awesome. So I think that kind of comes to the end of it. I'm sure we could talk more. There are a couple questions that maybe we'll we'll touch on in the next episode as well or or even just add the the answers if if Catherine and my mom have time to kind of look over the rest of the questions that we have we can add them to the description to get their feedback just about some things not to say to homeschool moms or resources and books that helped during homeschool years that kind of things So we'll add some of that to the description. And also in the description, you'll find the links to subscribe to our podcast, either on the podcast platform itself or to our email list so that you can get the emails that we send out when an episode comes out. And also don't forget that you can always reach out with questions. If you have questions about homeschooling, I am sure that myself and Maddie and also my mom and Catherine would love to answer them. So send over an email to ladies at lifesightnews.com and we'll put that in, in the description as well. So with that, we'll say God bless. Have a great week and we'll see you next time. See you next time. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you.